Welcome to Just Tiffany Podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany. This is my opportunity to unfuck myself by getting out of my head and living my best fucking life. I love me so much. The fucked up part of it all is that even though she can hear her own heartbreaking, she's still willing to love the same one who broke it. Quote by R.H. Hey, hey, welcome back to Just Tiffany Podcast. This is your girl, Tiffany. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Thursday, Thursday, February the what? And I actually had to look the date up because we've been in the middle of this weather storm, snowstorm, cold front, whatever you want to call it, and... I have lost all track of time. So today's the 18th, Thursday, February the 18th. So welcome. So I decided to go ahead and record. Hopefully I don't lose power, but I wanted to record because first of all, it's been a hot minute since I recorded and I was doing this little series on my baby daddies. And um, so, yeah, so I finally decided to sit down since I didn't have anything else to do jot down some notes and just get the liquid courage to share another story time with you all my audience but before I get started I want to say I hope everybody is safe and warm in uh, Houston Texas and anywhere else that the storm affected uh, people but I know I can only relate to what happened to us here because I experienced it my situation is not as bad as others, so I won't complain. However, I just want to make sure everybody is stay safe and warm. And if not, I pray that you do find comfort and safety and warmth um, real soon. Um, we were actually 
yeah we were a little, little devastated unprepared um and uh, and unfortunately it was just a very difficult um it has been a very difficult past four or five days for a lot of uh people out here in texas in general and um so sending prayers to everyone also i want to thank everybody for the tremendous amount of feedback i got on my last um podcast here that i recorded um like i said i'm doing this series on my baby daddies you know I, like i said before i really haven't talked about that and i don't talk about it period because i was extremely embarrassed for a very long time now i don't give a fuck but um yeah and i got a lot of feedback and a lot of support and and a lot of relatability people actually related to you know my struggle if I want to call it a struggle I don't want to call it a struggle it wasn't a struggle it was a moment and it was an experience it was a lesson but it wasn't a struggle I don't want to claim that so yeah but thank you for tuning in um please um follow me on anchor uh I'm not on SoundCloud I don't think anymore but I'm definitely on Apple a podcast um I heart is it iHeart or I can't remember it's been so long I forgot what uh podcast um outlets that anchor reports to that uh, pushes these podcasts out to but definitely just google just tiffany podcast and follow me reach out to me just tiffany podcast at gmail.com I would love to hear your feedback I like it I love it whether it's positive or not so positive whether it's critical judgmental I just I just want to hear about it you know I just want to hear that way I can you know I'm not necessarily going to change for you but if I see a need to 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 you know do better or change some things about the way I'm doing things and broadcasting and sharing my life and stories absolutely I'm open to to hearing those things and seeing where I could possibly make some adjustments however this is my business okay this is my podcast okay so yeah i'm just gonna put that out there so let me go ahead and get started because again i don't know when or if we will lose power so that's just my baby daddy that's just my baby daddy and i thought that song was so fitting because my relationship with my daughter's father was him that was he, he was ghetto he was ghetto and I don't think he would mind me singing that we have an absolutely friendly Carl Joel we have a good relationship we have the better relationship than we've ever had before in the past and I think I've talked about that on a previous podcast that I had him on I was telling the story and when I was think I was talking about how he used to talk to me crazy and and I put up a boundary. Yeah, so we're in a good space. He actually just flew down here for our daughter's uh, 28th birthday party. Yay. Happy belated birthday, Tian. We've already celebrated, so I want to revisit that, okay? And, um, yeah, we're in a good space, you know, and we embrace our grandparenthood, and he cracks jokes and says rude shit, but I know it's not coming from a malicious place. So, yeah. Yeah. So back in my fly girl days, I want to say in the early 90s, because I met, um, I'm going to call him man. I met man, I want to say in 92, 91, 92. 
fish. You know, them days I was popping, y'all. I was just popping. But at that particular time when I met him, I was actually in a relationship with, did I say his name on my previous podcast? 45 caliber love, the young man that shot me. His name starts with an O. Yeah. So I was with him when I actually uh, met man. And me and my uh, best friend, my best friend and I, hey T, uh, we were in this neighborhood, Richmond Heights, where everybody back then who was popping hung out in, and we were riding through the neighborhood, probably leaving her mom's house, who knows. And we pulled up, and there he was, man. And I'm looking at him like, ew. And he's apparently knew who I was and had been watching me and had been wanting to meet me and had been telling my friend T that he wanted to meet me. But of course, she knew how I was and how I got down and not necessarily in the looks department but in the finance department so I don't even know what her motives were but she never really told me about him you know I just you know I knew of him because he was up and coming potential okay if you know what I'm saying a lot of uh, through this whole episode I'm gonna need y'all to read between the lines with some stuff because you know back in the 90s and I hope to goodness the uh, expiration date on some of the stuff I'm about to share has expired. The, uh, well, it's not the expiration date, but the, um, damn it. Ah, what's the legal term? I can't think of it right now, but, um, so just read between the lines with some stuff. Okay. I knew what I didn't know what I knew what I knew, but I didn't know what I knew, but I knew it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I was with O and from 45 caliber love, check that episode out. If you haven't, that's when I got shot by a boyfriend. And, um, so anyway, so I had always seen man around the block, you know what I'm saying? Cause I always hitting blocks or whatever, trying to look out for future potential. You just never know the up and comings, the ones who have got potential to have future pockets. So, you know, that was doing my thing. I did what I did. I, okay. And so we, um, we became friends you know we became friends he was always friendly always asking me to put gas in my car take me to red lobster now i would never take him up on anything because i didn't want to lead him on i never wanted a potential to feel as if they had an opportunity when they didn't i was very clear about that because i didn't have time to be playing games with people who weren't potentials at the time okay I chose who I wanted to be potentials and it was a it was a list it was you had to fit a certain criteria you know you had to you had to be a little some at a certain level to get my eye because I was yes I the people I talked to had potential a whole lot of potential or had already tapped into their potential so you know, I would never really take him. I would flirt, laugh, kiki, giggle, whatever. But we became cool. We became friends. You know, he never was disrespectful or put so much pressure on that it ran me away or anything. He was just a nice guy, you know, really nice, really attentive, really complimentary. And, um, and, but again, I was in a relationship. Okay. Um, so after I was shot, um, I was extremely lonely. I was extremely lonely and I just felt like the people that I had surrounded myself with up until that point, with the exception of, of man and T, 
that nobody was really comforting and understanding of what I had gone through. I don't know what I was expecting when I was telling people I was shot. I don't know if I wanted to be celebrated or felt sorry for. I just don't know, but I just know that I didn't feel comfort in people who I thought were my friends. So I had reached out to him when I had finally came back to Orlando um, he knew I had been shy and he had been checking on me and stuff. And I was just like, Hey, you know, let's hang out. It's like, Oh, now you want to hang out now? Well, well, yeah, but you know, we friends, we can hang out. And I have to be honest with you. I was looking for comfort, familiarity. Um, I didn't want to be lonely. I didn't want to be lonely. I've always felt lonely the majority of my life. So I've always feel those, those, pockets of emptiness with people Ooh, child that's the story there that is a story there so anyway um I didn't want to be lonely so I let him take me out and I said let I did I was trying to up my my game again and and you know in this in this year or so that we had become friends his potential was rising okay he was he was coming up he was doing things you know and and doing things for people and things that I liked to be done for me so I was watching I was paying attention just playing my cards or whatever um and he was just a really at the right place at the right time you know he was an escape from my last relationship he just like closed that gap for me between um one haven't needed something to do to fill the void until I got to the healed properly and got to my next phase. I never thought that I was going to stay stuck there. You know, um, I got pregnant. I did. I got pregnant. You know, the courting process with him was just really, it was fun. I'm trying to think who I can relate this to because it reminds me of a TV couple, but I was just this, um, sedity, you know, flashy. I was a fly girl, long nails, fancy hairdos, all outfits always the bomb. I was the shit. I'm just gonna own that shit. I was the shit, and and I knew it. And I was always dressed up. He used to always ask me, "Why are you always dressed up? Where are you going?" And I was going wherever I was going I mean that's just how I was you never caught me slipping you know what I'm saying I had all my jewelry I just you just never caught me slipping and one day he just he said let me take you shopping I was like okay I mean I wasn't unfamiliar with that I was I was used to that so but he didn't take me to the stores that I would normally go to he actually took me to a sporting store a uh uh, like a, a footlocker so I can't I don't know what it was back then but it was I must just say footlocker and he bought me a fila outfit the fila shoes that are out now the classics and he bought me the I think there was purple and blue and I forgot what team that was it was purple and blue jersey shorts and he bought me all these little sporting wear stuff and he was like I want you to still look nice but I need you to look relaxed too. You always seem like you're going somewhere. You know, you need to just have a chill look to you. So he introduced me to tennis shoes. And so that's how I started incorporating tennis shoes and sportswear into my wardrobe. That was man. Yes, that's who did that for me. And I got pregnant. I did. I got pregnant. And um, unfortunately, 
I had a miscarriage. Now, my memory is kind of fuzzy because I know at some point that I was either visiting him a lot at his mom's house or I was living there. I want to say at some point during the pregnancy, I was spending a lot of time there. I ended up having a miscarriage, a very, very hard miscarriage. It was very hard on my body. Um, I had to end up getting a DNC. It was extremely, extremely painful. He was very comforting as much as he could be. You know, you got to keep in mind Now he was... Let me get a little backstory. So he, when I met him, initially he had just got out of prison. So, of course, I would never be caught with anyone with that just being out of prison. Like, okay, what you doing with your life? So, but he was funny, fun, and I like people like that. So that's how we kept the relationship progressing in terms of friendship because of his personality. He was funny, outgoing always was in a good mood despite whatever he was going through you never felt he never felt heavy you know what I mean so that's how we started so um I don't know why I said that say read the backstory let me think where I was going with this because I know at some point I moved into his mom's house okay that's what I was saying because he was rough around the edges that's my point I was trying to make he was really rough around the edges romantic in the sense of hood romantic you you have to be from a part of town to know what I'm talking about okay okay, bad boy type stuff but bad boy with a little something extra I'm just losing my words right now I think it's because I have been sleeping and eating for the past three days so he just had a little extra to him. So he was very sensitive and very comforting and supportive during the miscarriage. I mean, he left me by myself to deal with my emotions. But for the most part, he was there for me. I was so depressed. And I want to say at some point I did move into his mom's house. Now, his mom did not like me, I think. And I want to be very careful on that topic because of people that are involved. And, oh, I got stories, y'all. I got stories. I but I'm just going to say this. She didn't like me and the feelings were mutual. So at some point I ended up, um, uh, before I moved out, I was really depressed and I was in the house. It was, she made it very difficult. And I think she was putting a lot of pressure on him also about me being there because he would leave me all day long. I was so scared of her. I was even scared to go downstairs to give me something to eat. Okay. It was that bad. And, um, so and I was depressed and I was losing so much weight. And this was in 93. I got shot in 93 and I got pregnant in 93. That's a lie. Tiana was born in 93. I got pregnant. I got shot in 92 and I got pregnant in 92. And I had Tiana in 93. Okay, these timelines. All right, y'all, these timelines. And... So it was fairly quickly. I moved fast. I must say, if I do say something, sometimes I'm thinking about it, like I must let some guard down because I got pregnant fast. But after the miscarriage, it was just no consoling me. And I, and I just started telling him, I need this baby. This was my baby. I don't know why God took her from, took her from me, but I need my baby back. And that's, I don't know exactly what I said to him, but that's how I felt. And I begged him and the doctor had said, no sex, don't get pregnant, your body this, your body needs time to heal, your body that. I'm young, dumb, depressed, no guidance, no, 
nobody around me that actually loved me like my mother or anybody. So I didn't know I didn't have anybody around me. So, of course, I wanted to get pregnant again. And he did that for me. And I ended up getting pregnant. So out of all my children, Tiana was the one that didn't accidentally show up. <laughs> I don't want to make my sons feel bad because they're absolutely wanted, loved, cherished equally all of them but she was the one that I actually said I wanted this baby now I needed her and so we end up at some point during that pregnancy I was so sick we ended up moving out of her house because it was very it was unbearable my relationship with this mother I just couldn't do anything right so he moved me to the trap house and by trap I mean the c word <laughs> y'all read between the lines on this so he moved me to the house in the hood okay me and my son my oldest son um d he moved us there yes my fancy bougie ass who had been living the wave of life of just again i got stories so i don't want to share too much but i lived okay and but I never lived like that before. So, but in my brain, it didn't register that I that I had dropped so low. You know, no offense, man, but yeah, I had dropped low. And I was living in this house and I didn't, it didn't even register that if somebody cared about you, why would they have you and your kid living in this house where these things are being done and made and services are being provided and but I stayed in this room in the back and I just stayed in this room and I had this house boy Paul I remember Paul he was so sweet he was the family's I want to I'm just gonna say house boy because I don't know what else to call him he cooked he cleaned he made sure everything was everything and he made sure I was comfortable as I could be, but I lived in a back room with a mattress, old sheets, curtains on the, I mean, sheets on the windows, nothing from where I came from, nothing. It was a trap house. So yeah, it was, it was a definitely, uh, it was an adjustment. It was definitely an adjustment and, um, Ooh, so long story short, it became difficult to stay there as well. So I kind of, we had been together for a while and um, I still hadn't had my daughter yet. So I kind of forced him to put us in an apartment. Like he was doing a whole lot better than he was when I first met him. So he put us in an apartment on Cimarron Boulevard. And of course I stayed there by myself a majority of the time because he was never there. I just rode out my pregnancy the best way I could. I mean, I heard rumors. I actually, you know, caught him a few times. Well, I caught him in the sense of him coming home with hickeys and different things like that. Just me knowing that he was not being faithful, but I couldn't do anything about it because I was so pregnant. I just sat depressed and waiting for the pregnancy to, to come to fruition to the end so I can get my life together because I'm making a, an escape plan. I want to get my life together. This is not what I signed up for. I know I'm better than this. I've had better. I've been treated better and I know better. Okay. It was in my brain. I just had to execute it. And that's what I was planning. And 
I had Tiana. I went into the hospital and my mom called him. I called him. He was in town. He didn't show up. He didn't. This man had promised me that he was going to be by my side because I had had my oldest son by myself with my mother. And I wanted to have this baby that we decided to have together. I wanted to have this baby together. I wanted to have it with him for him to be there, for him to experience. And he didn't show up. We pay. I think it was the pager back then. We was paging, calling, nothing. He would not show up. And when I tell you guys, that was one of the hardest things for me to process. It was hard because... I just thought this situation was going to be different. I just had it in my head that I had that white picket fence mentality. Like everything was going to be perfect. He was going to be there. We was going to have this baby and he wasn't, he didn't show up. I had Tiana even without a fucking doctor. Cause I remember being in that room and in labor and that's how I found out that the doctors really just hang out where they hang out and until you're ready to deliver and they got me to the point where her head was crowning and they told me to stop I'm just like bitch stop what I got I felt like I had shit in my ass like I'm not gonna stop pushing so she was coming and they threw me in the hallway trying to rush me down to, to, the, to the delivery room where the doctors were wait where the doctor was waiting for me Man, I had my baby in the hallway. I just, she just came sliding right on out with her big self. And I had her, and she was just the most beautiful baby. Just, she was beautiful. She still is beautiful. I love my baby. And he ended up showing up a day later. And I had found out that, let me back up. So I moved out the house because things did get very turbulent there with his mother as well because that was actually her whole house her old house that her family lived in prior to her moving to the fancy house that I had moved into um on the other side of town and but that was her house as well so she definitely made it hard for me there and little did I know that man had another young lady pregnant the same time I was pregnant and I didn't find out about her until right when Tiana's brother was about to be born and his mother not really knowing this young lady from what I'm told and not knowing it was somebody he was with according to him when he got out of prison and it just happened but of course we we grown now we done had conversations so I know it was a bigger story than what he told me at the time but that's what I chose to believe because I couldn't worry about timelines and different things like that he just got this girl pregnant uh tiana's brother i want to say he's a some months few months older than her they're very close very very close um and actually his mother and myself we're not friends but we're very friendly and we speak and if she came to town of course i would want to see her and vice versa you know things like that but you know, of course, we're grown now, so we came together and compared stories, blah, 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 blah. You know how that goes when you have issues with baby daddies. And um, so anyway, long story short, his mother, after she had uh, her son, his mother had bought 
her son to the trap house house that I was living in bragging boisterous how this is her grandson and blah 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 her only grandchild and the only one she would claim and this that and the third and so at that point I had decided that you gotta get me out of here because this is beyond disrespectful and if this is the way she's gonna be then I don't want to be here and I don't want her in my granddaughter's life so when I had my daughter I made she tried to come to the hospital was trying to come to the hospital to see and this is most I'm gonna say about the about his family is that they did try to come to the hospital and see her and to see if she looks like him because you know that's how we as black people deem a baby legit is if you look like the parent well the father but I called security, had them escorted from the hospital, and I refused to allow them to see my baby. Okay, these are the consequences of being not nice people. Okay, you lose privileges. And even though I'm not one to hold my children hostage from family, because regardless of my relationship with you, I, will, I want my children to have relationships with their family, regardless of whatever my status is with the family member. But in this case, I was young. I just didn't trust that they cared enough about me to want to be good to my daughter. So you have no rights. You will not see her. So I did keep them from her for a very long time because you had to prove to me that you was a better person. Because up until this point, because I got stories, y'all, I got stories, I got stories for several, several episodes about my relationship with man. And I've told some of them. I have told some of them in this in my tenure here on Just Tiffany. So when I find out the names, I will absolutely remind you of those podcast episodes because I have talked about him before. And so I end up having my baby. He didn't show up. I want to be fair. I can't remember if he showed up when I was leaving the hospital or when I had left the hospital. But at some point he did show up apologizing profusely. He bought me this and I still have this teddy bear to this day. It's a heart because Tiana was born February the 10th. So he must have came around February the 14th. He bought this white kitty that was attached to this big heart, um, this big uh, uh, stuffed heart. And that was his gift to his daughter when he finally decided to show up and show his face to his child. Um, and a lot of, I don't think I have, I think I gave it to her and I'm not sure what she's done with it, but I, a lot of the mementos that I had of them as children, I kind of transferred to them in hopes of them carrying the torch. However, you know, everything that is sentimental to you is not always sentimental to your children. So keep that in mind before you give them things that you deem, um, important, sacred, heartfelt, whatever, because they don't always feel the same. So he showed up with that so I had to be February the 14th and I, I took him back I, I believed him I believed him when he said that he was scared I believed him when he said that you know he was scared to be a father he didn't know how to be there for me he didn't know how to handle it he couldn't handle it I believed him I don't know where he was to this day I doubt if he ever tell me but I'm pretty sure he was probably doing probably was up to no fucking good knowing man <laughs> And, um, yeah, so I came home, he ended up telling me, 
I'm condensing this story a little bit because there are stories within this story that I want to share. And I think I did share one of them already. I'm not sure. I need to go back and look and listen to my episodes, my story times. But I came home and to the apartment and he left again. I don't know at what point, but Tiana was a baby. He left said he was going to Atlanta, Georgia to do some things to get on his feet, to put us in a better position. Never came back. Never came back. I sat in that house for months. I ended up going back to work to uh, Universal Studios because the rent wasn't paid. Um, All I had was food because I was on food stamps and Medicaid, but I didn't have any money. So I had to pay my rent. My mother had already paid my rent for one of those months. And my next month was coming up and she said that she couldn't continue to carry me. So I went back to work. I said months, but I meant weeks after I had her. I got out there at Universal Studios, hemorrhaged, damn near died, blood everywhere, body parts falling out. Just falling to pieces. I had a nervous breakdown. They put me in the hospital and put me back together. They told me it was too soon to um, be to be doing that type of work. It was physical work at Universal Studios, and I was in. I went back in the hospital. Um, I had a nervous breakdown because I had no clue, no fucking clue, what I was gonna do with myself and. My friend, my friend to this day, Zonica, she helped me get a job at a bakery that she was working at. However, I didn't have anybody to help me with Tiana. My mother was working. She had her, her, my sister and my brother. She was working full time and she, uh, she couldn't do it. And so we, I made the hardest decision, another hard decision. And I decided, I called my dad, Vernon, and I asked him, could he keep her till I got on my feet? He said he could, so I gave up my baby, my newborn baby, because I couldn't be a good mom at the time. So I gave her up, and I let her go stay with Vernon and his family, because I knew that they would be able to take care of her, because I couldn't. At the time, I went to work, I worked my butt off, I paid my bills, and then guess who shows up months later? I think Tiana at this time was maybe like three, four months, because you know when she was six months, I had, I was already, that's the story that I told before, I was at Bankhead Bounce, I think it is, I was in Atlanta, Tiana was six months, got taken by the state of Atlanta, because they said I opened the police car door for man. Yeah, go listen to the episode. Anyway, so he showed up. Dumbass me. Everything that I had worked for, I was getting on my feet, getting my life together. He comes back and makes me believe in his dream. His dream of whatever it was at the time. I believed it. I wanted to believe it. I I loved him. I wanted my daughter to be raised by her father. Um, 
So I believed him. He talked me into walking away from my apartment, walking away from my job that my friend helped me get, walking away and following him to Atlanta and made me believe that our daughter was better with us and that I should have never done that. Um, now, I think, now, up until this point, I never, now I remember he went to Atlanta to sell a car. I remember that. Now, he did have, the, you know, back in the 90s, these guys had these cars that were these older cars that had these rims and this music. And I forgot, they, they, had, they had a name for these cars. But I remember now he was going to Atlanta to sell that car to get money, to get a lick, to get started again or whatever. And read between the lines. And, um, I'm sorry, y'all, I'm dragging with this story. You know, every time I tell and tell these stories, it brings back those emotions from that time and the pain and everything I felt in those moments, especially when it comes to my children. And it's hard, just, it's not hard, I don't think, thinking about it. It's just, I don't know, it's surreal, like, what the fuck? I guess I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't there uh, then where I was and where God said I was meant to be at that time because I'm telling you shit so anyway he tells me he loves it whatever it is and of course it don't take long before I fall for it I'm back in bed with him he convinces me to go get my daughter so we hop in this hoopty car with the clothes I took from the house and whatever we packed up from the apartment, hopped in this car, go to Tallahassee, Florida. I'm that we get there in the middle of the night. And although they had my daughter, I never transferred custody. I just she was she was a baby, so they really didn't need much in order to take care of her. And you know, I guess back then, I guess you just didn't anybody could take a kid to go get shots and things. I don't know how it all worked out, but. They didn't have custody. So I went and got my daughter in the middle of the night. My dad wasn't there, so that made it a lot easier because it probably would have been a fight. Uh, but my stepmother had her, and I took my baby because I missed her so much, you know. And for a lot of long time, I felt real guilty, guilty, guilty about that. But this is why I don't judge parents, mothers, or fathers who have the strength to put their children in a position of safety and security for their well-being people think the worst of especially mothers when they give up their children I just didn't give up my daughter I just knew that how I was living was not the best for her at the time my son went to stay with my mother and my daughter went to stay with my my dad and I just didn't have the the motherness in me at the time to be a mother and I don't even know if that's the right word but I didn't have it in me at the time to be the mother that they needed so I put them in a safe environment I didn't leave them anywhere um questionable that would have me questioning their safety or anything it was a secure place that I knew they were being damn well taken care of and I did and I don't have any regrets about that I don't but it still hurts 
it definitely does still hurt knowing that I put myself in a position where I had to do that. You know what I mean? Because I knew better. I knew better. I just didn't have it in me to do better. Point blank and period. I just didn't. I made a choice not to do better. I was so emotionally drained and having these uh, breakdowns. I just couldn't function. I couldn't take care of her the way she needed a mother to take care of her and I wasn't breastfeeding at the time because after I hemorrhaged I couldn't do anything with my my, my body just had to heal I couldn't breastfeed I couldn't do anything you know I barely made it to work but I had to go back to work anyway I, we went to go pick up Tiana uh from my dad's in a wee hours of the night we picked her up we went to Atlanta went to this fancy hotel Stayed at this fancy hotel for a little while, and then we ended up going to a, um, what's some things called where you stay, uh, listen to Bankhead, I think it's called Bankhead Bounce, if I'm not mistaken, Bankhead something, and that's where this story picks up from there, where how this toxic dysfunctional relationship continues and it continued y'all for like five fucking years oh my god I got stories I gotta write this stuff down uh so yeah there's baby daddy number two man hey man uh I don't know if he would appreciate me telling this story but honestly I think I focused more on me he wasn't around long enough for me to even talk about but he was there for me to get pregnant so he is my second child's father me once again looking for somebody to love me to provide safety security unconditional love to cherish me to love me because I didn't have it in my dad another consequence of daddy issues y'all and I didn't have the sense enough the the fortitude enough the the thoughtfulness the discernment to say let me find somebody who isn't like my dad instead of looking for my dad in men big difference big difference oh y'all this these lessons these lessons but thank you guys thank you for listening thank you for tuning in thank you for your support please continue to share the podcast and i promise you all every time I'm on him always promising that I am going to do better about recording and I am I have no fucking excuse why I shouldn't be recording I don't have a job I'm looking for a job always and I don't have one so why not sit up here and record all day you think it's that easy it's actually not it's really a mindset you know for me podcasting is therapeutic and I do need therapy I do so maybe I will be recording more because honestly this episode was a struggle for me to do because I have a lot of other things that I want to talk about that has been happening in my life but I definitely want to make sure I stay consistent and steady and and on the right track with what I'm saying I'm going to do and this is my baby daddy series so who that is that's just my baby daddy